Two things that I, I meant to mention in the announcements are we've got our angel tree out here in the fellowship hall, and uh, some of you have plucked angels off of that and did not sign the sheet next to it, so we, we need to make sure that you do that. So be sure to sign if you, if you did take an angel, uh, but if you took an angel and you want to put the angel back, you can do that too. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that we have a container out here in our fellowship hall, and we are collecting coats, coats for kids, coats for adults during this cold season that we, uh, we donate to the sheriff's office, okay? So uh, if you have some of those that you want to donate, do that. Also, be sure to manage the angel tree, or again, the angel mafia will be out to get you, okay? And we know who you are. All right. Okay, so um, when uh, growing up, I, I was very involved with, with Cub Scouts and then later Boy Scouts. Any Boy Scouts? Anybody participate in the Boy Scouts? Okay, we got quite a few. Um, so I, there's a lot of things that you learn along the way. Like the longer that you're in, in the system, there's skills that you pick up along the way. Uh, you, learn to, you learn to tie the knots. You learn how to build fires, uh, survival-type skills. Uh, for me, you learn not to use too much bacon grease when you cook your eggs um, or you'll ruin everyone's day. Okay, um, but you also at some point learn uh, how to use a compass and how to orient a map and, and do that. And the most basic thing about a compass is that a compass is designed to point in which direction? North. Okay, doesn't tell you any other directions. It tells you which direction is north. And so, if you are lost in the woods, okay, with or without a compass, if you can establish which direction is north, all of the other directions fall into place. Right? As long as you know the never eat sour worms, right? As long as you, as long as you remember that from school, okay? Uh, but if you can establish which direction is north, all the other directions fall into place. Now, we have a star in, in our Milky Way galaxy known as Polaris, okay? And Polaris, the more common term for Polaris is the North Star, okay? The North Star. And the, the North Star is unique in that. It sits, it's actually a cluster of stars, the North Star sits just above our geographic North Pole, right? So on a, on a clear night, right, anywhere in the Northern Hemisphere, you have a shot at actually seeing the North Star. So whether, whether you are in the woods with a compass or out at night, okay, with a clear sky, if you can establish which way is North, all the other directions fall into place. And as I mentioned at the beginning of our service is that we are entering into a season of Advent. The season of Advent, which means uh, the coming, the arrival. And, and it is a season where we orient ourselves on the person of Christ. Namely, uh, the coming of Christ, the birth of Christ. And, and what we believe here at Bersheba is that if you understand who Jesus is, if you understand uh, the person of Christ and you fix your life, if you fix your eyes uh, and set your face in the direction that he wants you to, all of the other things will fall into place. Now, that doesn't mean that your life will be perfect, uh, but it does mean that your life will have purpose, right? So, and, and Jesus touches on this very thing, okay, when he gives the Sermon on the Mount, okay? In Matthew chapter 6, he's given the Sermon on the Mount to his disciples, to all the people who are listening to him, and, and he's, he's talking about uh, being anxious, right? He says there's many things that we're anxious about. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, don't be anxious about what you will wear. Don't be anxious about what you will eat. Jesus is very aware that there are many things in our lives 
that, that draw our attention away from Him. Many things in our lives uh, that we spend a lot, of, uh, a lot of waking moments on, things that, that use up a lot of our mental energy. And, and about those things, Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 33. He says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You've probably heard that verse before. What does it mean to seek a kingdom? Like, that's kind of a weird thing, right? How does a person seek a kingdom? It's, it's actually less complicated than you would think. If you want to be about a kingdom, be about a king, right? If you want to uh, prop up and be a, a great citizen of a great kingdom, be all about that king. Uh, fashion your life. Live for the purpose that that king has for you. Right? And, and so what we see is that King Jesus lays out those purposes for us in his words, through his words, through his sacrifice. And it's when we do that, like it's when we can set our eyes and set our gaze and set our lives on this thing, that, that all these other things that compete for our time, compete for our energy, will begin to fall into place. Um, and we can all agree that life has a way of, of directing us in different directions, right? Like life has a way of spinning us around in circles. And there's so many things, so many different questions that we feel like we have to answer. For the younger generation, it is, where am I going to go to school? What, what will I major in? Who do I need to marry? When do we start a family? What will I do for a living? How will I build wealth? How do I raise my kids? And once you establish some of those, there's always just like lesser questions to be answered along the way is, okay, when, do I, when am I going to have time to change my oil? And I've got to take the dog to the groomer and I've got to drop my kid off for this. Like there's so many different little questions uh, to answer and, and life just sort of happens. And so uh, for those of you who are part of uh, the older generation, all right, or should I say our more, our more grizzled seasoned veterans, Right? You've got a lot of this already figured out. Like You've sort of lived through a good deal of this, uh, but your questions are different. Your questions are, uh, what does retirement look like? Is, is inflation going to wipe out a lot of what we saved up for? Um, how, how is my health? How is my spouse's health? Are we spending enough time with all the grandkids equally? What if we have a kid who's not raising a grandkid the way that we think that we should? Should we step in? Like Lots of different questions. To, to be asked and to be had there. And so um, life does slow down a bit at times, but there's always something competing uh, for our attention. And all these questions spin us around in circles and just have this, this dizzying effect on us. And so you, you want to take that. That's the way life can normally be on a regular day. But, but there's something about the season from Thanksgiving to Christmas that just turns that dial up to 11, doesn't there? Because there's so many new obligations, there's so many things that you have to participate in, so many things that, activities, that, and some of them are fun, right? Like there are, there are work parties that we have to go to. If our kid is part of a group at school or a team, they're having a Christmas party. That's another gift that you have to buy for. Uh, a lot of us have extra money coming out of our pocket in this season because there's people with heavy expectations that they're going to get that thing for Christmas right? Uh, there's, there's children's plays to go to, all of these different things, all these different obligations. And, and this season gives us a lot to think about and be consumed with other than Jesus as our focal point, right? There are, are so many events, uh, so many activities related to Christmas, related to Jesus, and they're all good, but sometimes it feels like there's just, it's just one more task that we have to do. It's one more thing that we have to complete, and it can be a lot of work sometimes, and it can be incredibly exhausting. 
Right, just think for, for a minute of the example of, of making a Christmas card. I don't know how many of you uh, do Christmas cards. You, you take them with the family. Like, even that can be just a daunting task, okay? Because uh, mom gets all of the outfits ready, like lays them all out, makes sure everything looks right, makes sure all the outfits coordinate. Do we put a pop of red in that to dress that up? Right, your daughter said, I don't want to wear that. You say, shut up, you're wearing it, okay? You go to fix your son's hair, you're gelling your son's hair, and he's throwing a fit, wipe that chocolate off your face. Now look at the camera, smile, right? And so you, you check the camera, check the proof, right? Why aren't you smiling, okay? You're looking at the sky, smile this time. Oh, your stomach hurts? Well, your bottom's fixing to hurt. Now get with the program here, okay? Get out of the ground. Like, there's, there's always something, right? And, and you finally get to the place where the picture's taken, Right? Everybody's frustrated at the bottom of the Christmas card. Merry Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Right? Like, it's just, just things like that shouldn't be that difficult. But, but something about the Christmas season, that there's so many obligations like this. And, and don't get me wrong, there are, there's part of it that builds the anticipation, right? There's an anticipation that comes with Christmas. Like that work party that we really don't want to go to, that Christmas party. Um, it, it's got a way of kind of getting you into the mood, getting you into uh, the festive season. That Christmas play uh, sort of gets you into the feeling of what it's going to be like on Christmas morning. Getting to see family early and opening a few gifts early, like we'll go and see my folks early so my kids will get to open some of their presents sooner, right? So that begins to scratch the surface a little bit of, of getting some of those presents. Um, but, but all of that builds up to this magical day, this magical season, when it, whenever, whatever it is that you do presents, right? Whether that's on the 25th or whatever, but, but the day finally approaches, and everyone wakes up that morning, and they dig into the presents. They, they open their toys. Uh, the, the boys get that new video game. They get the V-Bucks that they wanted. Uh, the girls open up all of those skincare products that we just go ooh and all over. Um, I open up my socks. It's going to be awesome, right? We all live for that. We all get geared up for that. But then we, we, we wish that day would last forever. But then we go to bed that night, and the next day is December 26th. And somehow just the magic is gone, right? And all of, all of the buildup, everything about it, 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 didn't quite, it didn't quite all work the way that you thought it would. All, all the hype didn't quite deliver the way that you thought it would, right? Some, and some Christmases, and maybe you feel this way, some Christmases all you get is a membership to the Jelly of the Month Club, right? Some Christmases you metaphorically shoot your eye out. And, and, and some Christmases things just stay like they are in Pottersville, right? If you get all of those references, or at least one, right? In other words, it's disappointing, right? It just doesn't live up to the hype the way that you thought it would. And, and now, look, I'm not, I'm not here to, to poop on Christmas or anything like that, because um, the Grifford family, we, we are all in. Like, we are all about some Christmas. Uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say how soon we actually start decorating and setting up just out of fear of you judging me. But, but we are all in. We get into the spirit. We watch the movies. Um, uh, built two gingerbread houses this weekend, okay? Um, made up a song about a peppermint driveway as well. Like, I mean, it, it gets real. It gets real at my house, all right? Um, but, but be warned. If, if you expect uh, the season and, and the ritual and the tradition of it all to, to fill you the way that you were meant to be filled, it will fail and disappoint you. Merry Christmas, right? So in this, in this season, we, we have a very 
unique opportunity, an opportunity uh, to, to not be spinning around in different directions, not to be distracted by all these things, which again are good, uh, but we have an opportunity to, to fix our eyes, to allow ourselves to be, um, to be aimed in this direction that God has for us. And, and, we get, uh, and if we get this direction right, if we can point our faces in the right direction, okay, God will set everything else into its proper place. And so what I want to do is, is I want us to get into the Word a little bit this morning. And I, I want us to look at this moment in history um, that God sets this compass point down for you and for me. And, and for all of creation, for that matter. This is, this is a, a mark in time where eternity stands still. Okay, so let's go to, to Luke chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles handy. And what we're going to do is we're going to read uh, some pieces of this story that many of you have heard um, maybe a hundred times. Um, your, your pastors have read it, your parents have read it, grandparents have read it. It is one of the most uh, read aloud stories across the world. Um, but it's so because of that, it's easy to, to miss some of the things in it because it's so, it's so regular to us. But let's, uh, let's go Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Okay, Luke says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So if Mary knows anything about God, about the history of Israel, she knows that these angel encounters come with something. Like, everyone's life is changed after one of these encounters. Like, think through some of, the, some of the great encounters that people have with God. Like, Moses in the burning bush. God asked him to basically lead a revolt against the most powerful nation in the world. Uh, think about Jacob, okay, wrestling, wrestling with the Son of God at night and, and God basically dislocating his hip. Like, think about how many times an angel has appeared to, uh, to a woman who, who cannot have a baby and say, basically, you're going to have a baby now. Or, or an angel appears to Gideon and says, I want you to go to war, okay? I want you to, to fight against the Midianites. And so if Mary knows any of her history, she's thinking either this angel is about to tell me I'm pregnant or he wants me to go to war, one or the other. So let's see, let's see where we land on this one. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you, for you have found favor with God. Now, let's just pause there for a minute, too, because to, to think that God points to Mary and says, That one. I want that one to be my mom. Like, I don't know if she makes killer PB&Js. I don't know what it was with Mary that sets her apart, but God said, I want her to be my mom. Like, that's a really cool thing. And behold... You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give, him, give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? This is interesting. I want to point something out. Uh, some scholars say that, that the word virgin in the Greek, can also mean young woman. And it, that is true. Um, sometimes people like to highlight that in an attempt to sort of debunk the miracle that has happened, people that sort of question uh, the, the special, the godness of Jesus in a, in a sense. Um, but 
But one thing I want to point out is that Mary is not asking this question if she is a young woman. She is asking this question because she is a virgin. See the difference? Mary knows that young women can get pregnant, okay? But virgins cannot, right? She understands where babies come from, okay? Verse 35, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come down, will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I love that language that the power of God uh, has, he has his protection over Mary and Jesus in this instance. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who, has, who uh, was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Mary's life from this moment on is changed forever. This is the direction that God has for her. And so what does she do? She goes to Joseph and she has some very interesting uh, news to tell him. Uh, if Joseph and Mary were to go and see uh, Maury Povich, Maury would, would basically give them the news that, Joseph, you are not the father, right? And so something neat about, something neat about the Gospels is that the four Gospels are four eyewitness accounts of of what these people saw, the how, how they saw Jesus. that they, It's four different perspectives from some of his disciples and some of the people that traveled with, uh, with companions of his. And so they all have these really unique perspectives. Many of the stories are the same, but where Luke kind of tells more of Mary's side of things and what Mary was thinking, Matthew actually gives what was going on in Joseph's mind at the time. So let me show you this. This is in Matthew chapter 1, so if you want to flip back in your Bibles just a little bit, um, we can read sort of what Joseph is thinking. Uh, verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they became together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So we see right there, sort of what Joseph is thinking, what's going on in his mind. He doesn't want to uh, dishonor her. Um, I, I'm sure that when Mary told him this exciting news, he is smiling and he's thinking, talking through his teeth, that's great, Mary. I can't wait to tell all of my family and friends. Um, right? And if he were to tell his friends, his friends would probably say, look, dude, we, we know that you like this girl. Like, yes, her PB&Js are killer, but she is either, she's either cheating on you or she's crazy, okay? Which neither one of these are great, right? So this is going through the mind of Joseph as we see that he is contemplating separating himself from Mary. Um, verse 20, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, 
but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. I can't imagine how, how scary and how exciting at the same time this had to have been for Mary and for Joseph. How much faith was required in this for both of them. Like, ladies, imagine for a minute. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. Okay, We know the end of the story. We know that, that it all ends well and that, that this was a great and glorious thing. But put yourself in Mary's shoes at that particular moment. Right? Just trying to, to comp- comprehend everything that's going on, everything that the angel told you. Okay, and men, the same for you. How, how would you feel if you were in Joseph's situation? Okay, would you believe? Would you trust? Right? The level of faith, the step of faith uh, required by both Joseph and Mary. This is the direction that God has for them. And so what we see God doing here early in Matthew, early in Luke, is that God is aligning the stars he is directing history. He is executing his master plan. He, is, he gives to us a gift. And it is, it is a gift to the world that will shape the direction of history for all eternity. God establishes for us a true north, a true direction in the person of Jesus Christ. This is the advent. This is the coming of hope. Okay, And we'll talk more about it next week. Father, we thank you for this gift. We thank you for all the ways that you bless us, God. You you bless us and give to us in so many different ways, ways that we can fathom, ways that we see, and and many times in ways that we don't uh, celebrate, that we don't appreciate. And so, Father, as we we begin this Advent series, Lord, as we, as we look at all of the things in our lives that distract us, all of the things that we feel uh, entertain our time, take away our time, Father, God, I pray that we would orient our lives on you, uh, that you would be the first direction that we see, that you would be the first place that we look. And Father, while, while it is a very fun season, while it is a very festive season, I pray that we, we would not uh, look elsewhere, God, that we would see you, uh, that we would see uh, your glory and all of the other little things that we do. Lord, help us to be about your kingdom in this season. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.